0: Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this
1: is Thoroughly Considered. So we just kinda of have a smorgasbord board today, right? I mean like
0: Yeah, no, that's what they call it, a smorgasbord. board. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. What,
1: what do you mean? Yep. That is no, what they fine. call it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely what they call it. A smorgage board. They do.
2: <laughs> smorgage?
1: <laughs> what do you mean? What do you call it?
2: Smorgus board.
1: board? Yeah. Yeah,
2: that's probably right.
1: A smorgage board is not a word, Tom.
2: <laughs> I gotta refinance my smorgage. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's not,
1: that's not related at all. Neither <laughs> is what you said, though. Okay. Smorgasbord. There Smorgasbord. we go. Smorgasbord. Uh-uh. Hmm. We did it. I thought it was smorgage. <laughs> I did it. Uh, I, you know, I'm also one of those people who, who was recently like, oh, all intents and purposes, not all intensive purposes. Oh, I oh. do. I do
0: intents and purposes all the
1: time. I think yeah. it makes more sense. Yeah, in a way. So we're so we're gonna be going over a whole a real smorgasbord of stuff, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, total smorgasbord today. Mm-hmm.
2: Dan, cool. you had some follow up. I think this is the first for thoroughly considered. We do. It's exciting. Yeah. Our first FU. <laughs> Uh Yeah. So last show we talked about um, how our the material doc ended up on product hunt, kind of the day before we were ready to launch. So it you know it kind of forced us to launch while we we're on an airplane and it was kind of this mad dash. And, um, we kind of solved the mystery. Like the, the guy who submitted it was really nice. And he emailed us and was just like, yep, that was me. (laughs) And basically what happened is kind of what we had guessed where he had, he had figured out the URL and kind of bookmarked the page. And then on Monday noticed the page was live and assumed the product had launched. And so just, you know, posted it because he was, you know, just being a fan, he was doing us a favor. And, um, and then he kind of realized too late that we went, we didn't actually launch yet. Like it had already gained some upvotes on product hunts. So he figured it's better to just leave it than take it down. And, um, so yeah, it was, like I said, it was kind of how we suspected just like a fan, you know, not realizing, you know, discovering the page and not realizing we had launched yet. So, uh, malicious sabotage, you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same
0: thing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no biggie. It worked out. And like I said, I think that's probably the better way to go because we didn't hit all the news of iOS 10 and all that stuff. So Yeah,
0: it all worked out for the best. Meant to be. I will give some follow-up as well in, in talking oh, yeah. about the Material dock because I've been using it for longer now. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I And I'm not being paid to say this. Neither am I being forced <laughs> to say this. Uh, I really love this thing. I think it's amazing. I have reclaimed so much space on my bedside table,
1: mm. well why is that?
0: Well, because I had my phone just lay it would like my my uh. huge plus phone would just like be flat down on the table, right mm-hmm. and then my watch mm-hmm. would be flat down on the table, so I've reclaimed so much space. I have a safe space for my glasses now, which is amazing ah. uh and also it's just really it just looks really good. Thanks. Yeah, it's good. I promoted you. I promoted you guys on a uh, on a show that I was on yesterday. Oh, on the twit, the twit. Yeah, the twit show. Oh, cool. Uh, iOS today. They uh, that we were doing some picks and uh, Megan, who is the usual host, I was guest hosting. Um, she was talking about the dock that she has for her iPhone. She bought like the Apple dock, and mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's the wrong. It's the wrong dock. You want one of these guys. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well thanks you Michael. made a poor yeah. decision let me tell you about my friend's <laughs> studio neat yeah i uh i've been i was not a doc never a person with a doc um and i have been surprised a how i think just like docs as a thing it is really nice like it kind of seems superfluous to me and then when i started using prototypes of you know the material doc and stuff i was like oh this is much nicer but I also think that we made a good dock. And I know it's easy for me to say that, but it's really easy to like dock and undock your phone and put your watch on if you have that version. It's like yeah. actually very easy. I've been like continually surprised how easy it is. So I'm even getting good at doing it at night. Yeah. No, mm. you can I can basically not do it blind. Cause you got to kind of at least look, but I definitely can't see the plug. It's just like, "Oh, there's the little back bumper." And that's what was interesting when we we're designing it. At first there was no like back cork bumper. It was just like the plug sticking up on a flat thing and we realized that I would've
0: snapped that thing off
1: of in twenty five seconds. <laughs> well it's not even that. It's on there strong. It's just that having the little bumper to kind of bounce off of while you're docking it, it makes it makes it so much better, like so much easier. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. It's I'm sur- actually surprised that like Apple I'm surprised by a lot of things with Apple's dock, but I'm surprised that there's no little back bumper, and yeah, I don't know. So, I'm glad you like it.
0: I like it very much. How are they selling, by the way? How is it going?
2: It's it's going pretty well, I think. I mean, we we had a pretty decent launch, and then uh, it started to die down towards the end of the week. And then we were able to get on Daring Fireball the next week. And so we had kind of like a secondary bump, which was awesome. Um, and then, you know, it's died down again, but it stayed at a pretty decent clip right now. We're actually like back ordered. We're sold out of them uh, in the U.S. So we're kind of making them as quickly as we can. Um, so, yeah, overall, I would say it's it's been, it's been really good. It's been kind of as good as it could be without this is going to sound silly, but like without it being too much to where we're like really flustered that we're not able to keep up with the inventory. So it's kind of like the perfect. Yeah. There is, there is such a thing as bad. Good, I
0: guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, we would have been more prepared and had more, like we had wanted more in stock, but yeah, it's, it's like at a pace where we can kind of keep up with it pretty well. Um, And I think that will definitely kind of die down and, I I think it's a really, I'm really glad we just have it. It feels really good to like have that in our lineup. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, so um that's good. So yeah, we'll see. I, I'll be really curious to see like what the long tail of it is. I mean, basically it's going to be either word of mouth or just websites that have like doc reviews, you know, like what are the good docs. And so I hope, I hope, uh I hope, yeah, that will kind of keep it being a sustainable product. That's always a problem for us is just like, you know, what happens post launch, basically. So we'll see. I saw somebody say to me,
0: uh, I tweeted a link out about it, and they were like, if it had a 3.5 millimeter jack on it, then it would be perfect. And I thought to <laughs> myself, like, you just can't. You just, there are just some people, like, they'll just never be happy enough. And it's fine. I get yeah. it, right? Like, I know what they're looking for, but it's just like,
1: that's so complicated. <laughs> but Dan, maybe we should make a doc that like whenever some third party starts selling like the lightning to lightning and female 3.5 millimeter we should make a little desk doc for that
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: jk wireless all the way yeah for forever
0: why else bother i've been uh, enjoying the uh instagram posts it's oh yeah almost, yeah it's been very nice getting real yeah. uh real meaningful about walnut and stuff
1: <laughs> that's right waxing poetic yeah yeah
0: lots of hashtag usage all over the place <laughs> yeah
1: well it's so crazy i don't know if we talked about this last time but it's just so broken like instagram like you you literally have to use hashtags like that to get to get to grow your feed because that's how like you're found but they're so gross and like the average high post like high follower instagram account has 11 hashtags per post that's the average for, like, a big um, one. So, it's crazy. So, there's all these weird things. I figured out a new... Apparently, the new thing to do is to uh, post all the hashtags in the first comment after you post. Like, and the, and they work the same way. Oh. I don't know. It's weird. There's, like, weird tricks and stuff. So, I, I'm going to start trying to do that. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. I feel so gross, but it's like, is, <laughs> like, required. <laughs> it's just so weird.
2: Yeah. So We're weird. also wondering if, like we should be following people (laughs) because like right now our account just follows the two of us. Um, which I think is kind of like nice in a way just because it's like clear why that is. Uh, but it's also like, is that weird? And you know, do people expect to be followed and like how it's just navigating this whole, there's such a weird kind of like social contract that is like really weird to navigate. Yeah. I, I have no idea. I have no idea how this stuff works. Well,
1: one of the main strategies for getting a bunch of followers is you actually just like follow a ton of people that might be interested in you and then they follow you back and then you unfollow them at some point. So it's like, you don't want to, you don't want to look like you have 10,000 followers and like 10,000 people you're following. So there's all this software where you like can like find users, you follow them in bulk. And then after a time you unfollow them. Uh, to like it yeah, because if if you follow someone usually they'll follow you back kind of thing it's just this weird it's all gross and it's like we don't want to do that <laughs> it's really <just laughs> weird
2: <laughs> so it's uh, fun right
1: <laughs> but it's good i've actually really enjoyed doing the instagram stuff
2: so. yeah i've i've been enjoying i mean tom, in case it's not obvious tom is the one in charge of the account and i yeah i've enjoyed seeing those pictures show up in my feed it's nice
0: it's just a shame that there are so many weird tricks, like, embedded in yeah. getting all this stuff right.
1: Yeah, it's it's kooky. Uh, we'll see. And then there's the whole advertising side of Instagram that we haven't toyed with. And I think we will, so, like, who knows? Like, who knows? But uh, it's, it's kind of fun. I, at some point, I think we'll probably do a post or something about all of this trepidation. We'll see.
0: I think um, Instagram ads could work well for you guys you know like how you could do like the swipeable ads or or the videos or whatever i think that that could be Mm -hmm. a an interesting medium for you guys to advertise in yeah
1: Mm -hmm. i think so we've tried some of that with facebook a little and it didn't feel worth it uh but maybe instagram's different or i don't know
0: talking about progress of stuff um how's the glyph going
1: uh it's going it's um we just got an email today that there was one little problem but it was a very minor problem
0: um i bet you get a lot of those emails though right like little problem uh, emails
1: i think they'll start to come more so right now like they have been mostly designing and i don't know if china is like cutting steel yet i think they probably are but what's going to happen basically is uh they will they make the mold then they do a couple samples and they send them to us and we like see how they fit, and they'll definitely need to be adjustments. And so then there'll be adjustments back and forth, and that will go on for a couple of weeks. So right now it's kind of the calm before the storm in terms of just like you know uh, just making a ton of little adjustments and f- like fit test things and all kinds of things. So yeah, I think it'll start to be like oh we found this problem or oh what do we want to do about this. But usually it's never a big thing. It's just like you know right, in this there was a part that was poking out four thousandths of an inch and it's like, should we move this back or should we adjust this thing? So it's just like little tiny things. So yeah, but it's moving along and then we um, all of our, you know, beyond that, we're just kind of, the suppliers are just kind of doing their thing. Uh, We're kind of scheduled into their flow and they're going to be making stuff. So
2: yeah. And we just, we just posted a Kickstarter update. And if we want to link to that in the show notes, there's some cool images, specifically some renders of the injection mold, for the glyph, and that is pretty crazy just how complex it is and how many kind of parts are, you know, parts are in it to, to make it. And yeah. so uh, you should check that out. I don't know if
1: we mentioned this last time, Whoa. but there are 614 parts in the main mold that, that like the really complex mold. Yeah, there's 614 the parts.
0: What is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on?
1: Yeah, it's really complex. So, there's two images. One is, like, the exploded, just a random exploded yeah. view of, the exploded like, all the stuff. Yeah,
0: exploded view is insane. It looks like that they just blew it up into a thousand pieces, right? Like- yeah.
1: <laughs> so, those are mostly screws and stuff, like, off-the-shelf screws or, like, like pins and stuff, um, which they still kind of make a lot of in, like, springs and things. Uh but yeah, the, and then the one of like the mold, that's like half of the mold. It's like the bottom half of the mold. So yeah, it's pretty insane. Uh, it, like I think I understand it, not completely though. Like there's, it, it's like I probably could not exactly explain how everything moves because there's, there's the main movement of the mold, like the big mold opening, like you would expect it to open. But then there's like four other movements that are like, Kind of side slides and stuff. So yeah, it's really crazy. It's really, really, really crazy. (laughs) And the thing you got to remember about that mold is most, like most things, are machined within five thousandths of an inch, which is like a third the width of a human hair. So it's not only is it complex, like just with a lot of parts, like a Lego kit would be, but it is first of all tool steel, like very hard steel and machined very accurately and then all of the parts that are like that touch the uh molded plastic are like they have a, a surface finish on them so that's like a very clean surface finish like a texture a very light texture so it's a very it's a very fancy thing especially when you see it in real life it's like wow and then it's like several hundred pounds you know, it was like 400 pounds or something so it's cool
0: <laughs> why are there so many little rods of plastic they're like everywhere it's like littered with rods
1: it's not plastic. They're all, everything's steel.
0: Um, well, okay. Like, it looks like plastic, like, in the, in, the, in the thing.
1: Most of those things you're seeing are either screws or what are called ejector pins. And ejector pins are uh, little steel pins that push the part out of the mold. So, you know, the, the mold half will open, and you don't want to have a human have to, like, grab, stick their hand in there and pull it out. So these little pins kind of push, push the mold out. Um, or the plastic part out of the mold. And then there's lots of little, um, several, like l- many of those parts in there are, are actually sliding and moving, uh, before the mold opens hmm. or after it opens, maybe I'm not sure. Um, and so those have little pins and stuff that they need to slide on. And then there's springs around those pins and yeah, lots of little stuff. It's, it's kooky. Uh, cause you gotta remember like, um, there's water flowing through that mold, uh, like to cool it so like to keep it kind of a consistent temperature so you know there's a lots of stuff going on uh in there <laughs> you don't design this do you?
0: you like tell them what you need and then they go away and design it
1: yeah, yeah the engineers so that's what premier source or like china i think it's china but either of them premier source does this too if they're making the mold whoever's making the mold i think usually does the design work and um I think they do it pretty quick, actually. It's it's pretty amazing. Like those guys who, guys and gals who do CAD design, like like all day, every day, for are just super good and fast. Like they might, I might use the same software that they're using. I mean, I'm not, but I basically am, and I can kind of tool around and do some stuff. But they're like experts at um at, at at making that, and and it it's a lot of engineering and experience to know. You know, how things are gonna slide and move and have high tolerances and, and, and the real trick is knowing what you can what is machinable. So you can design whatever, but it has to be designed so that it's easy to machine. And that's why usually the the people who are making the mold, fabricating the mold, are the people designing it, because they know you know exactly what tools they have and what their processes are. So yeah, it's a very complex thing. Uh and it's funny, we have three of those molds. So that's the most complex one, but then there's two more that um Uh, have a lot of that complexity but but not quite as much so it's it's uh it's crazy it's like it really is like when you and the cool thing is we own that mold right so you know it's like a little car or something or (laughs) our luxury car (laughs) i bet this
0: is one of those things that like they send you to finally approve right and it's like you just like okay okay looks fine guys (laughs) you know? <laughs> yeah,
1: well that's the thing like we don't know. So the thing we usually approve are actually the parts that come off of it, right? Cuz that's yeah. what we care about. So, yeah, yeah. you know, they're in charge of maintaining the mold, uh keeping it running, doing any tweaks. So, even though we own it, they're really the stewards of it. And you know, if we I don't we haven't decided if we're going to go to Premier Source or not. We might, but would we would go after like everything's probably figured out and then we can, you know, just kind of see things. We've done that uh, a couple times, and so we kind of know how it feels. It's basically just like they stick that huge hunk of steel on a big press. You know, so we're kind of familiar with that, but it's always fun to go uh, for sure.
0: Where are they based?
1: Uh, Brookings, South Dakota. Cool. Yeah. They're cool. So We've been with them for six years, so they're. Uh, it's great to work with them. They took us pheasant hunting when we made the glyph. <laughs> it's surreal and cool. <laughs> so, they
0: make the mold in China and it's made here. Is that how it's done? Like it's made at Premier Source or no?
1: Well, so in, in this case, yes. The, because it's so complex, that mold would cost so much more to get made here that we couldn't afford it because there's so much labor in the machining of the, of the stuff. Um, but we usually have molds made by Premier Source in South Dakota. So right. they, they are a full tool, tool shop and they can design and make molds. But for very complex, large molds, Uh, It's just not, it's like, uh, we just can't do it um, uh, domestically, even though we'd like to, it'd be much better. Um, So yeah, so, but the cool thing about Premier Source is because they have a full uh, tool shop, they can make tweaks to the mold if need be, and they can like repair it. So that's a really cool thing is is we kind of get the best of both worlds. So China will make the mold, they'll actually run samples. And when we're doing that back and forth, we'll actually be doing it back and forth, like airing parts to and from China, because uh, they'll be making the tweaks most likely. And then once we get to the point where they're good and we've approved it, they ship the mold over here um, and then, uh, and then premier source yeah, runs it like makes the parts and does, you know, that labor for, for, you know, for forever now, like they'll be the ones making everything and doing assembly. they're actually going to be doing the assembly of all of the glyph stuff. So putting it into the packaging, uh, assembling some parts of the, the wood handle, and then they it goes from there, from them to directly to our warehouses and then to the customers.
0: It's kind of strange. And it really highlights the difference in price that you can get the, the mold made in China and can ship parts backwards and forwards. And it still works out cheaper than getting it made in the US.
1: Yeah. I mean, basically, it's $100 anytime you ship anything from here to China
2: or there or back. Yeah. The cool thing is it takes
1: like two or three days. Um, but yeah, it's 100 bucks.
2: And to, to clarify, ship, like, something lightweight. Like, the molds are going to be several thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars, yeah. <laughs> um, it costs how much?
1: Well, we're... So, okay. We're getting in the weeds, but that's <laughs> okay. So, um, we could send it by boat. It would take six weeks. Nope. <laughs> and it would be... And it would probably be, you know, maybe a thousand dollars or, you know, once you pay all this ship... Like, cargo... Like, ship freight is, like, insane. So... Um, but we, if you fly it, it just takes a couple days, but you pay for the weight. And so it's like $15 a kilogram, usually seven between seven and $15 a kilogram usually. So, uh, because it is to be several hundred pounds of steel, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars just to ship it over, which sucks, but, uh, it's worth it for us. Cause we're trying to, you know, tr- we're trying to do this early. We're trying to get it to the backers as soon as we can. So, uh, it, it makes sense, even though it is super painful when you think about it. So, yeah, the whole, like, that's a big part of, like, the plus or minus of doing, you know, China. But but the fact that that mold is so complex in particular, um, it's just, you know, it's just out of reach to do it in the States. The labor would be, like, insane. So, um That
0: sort of stuff really highlights um, the things that can bite people with Kickstarters, like when they're making them. It's like I would never have thought that it would have cost like multiple thousands of dollars to ship a malt. Like it just never would have crossed my mind, you know?
1: Yep. Mm -hmm. It's uh, There's a million of those gotchas. And uh, yeah, it's just the way it is. I mean, there'll be dumb stuff where something you never think of like some material you were gonna let's say we decided at this point in time that oh we wanted to change the material that the glyph is being made out of because we found this material that's really awesome we did samples it's really great and we're like okay we're gonna get this material and then the company the supplier of the material is like oh okay that's a six week lead time because they're like exxon or something and that's just what they do because they have to like make the material and that would just like you know it's like, oh, crap, right? And so it's either a trade-off of, like, let's do this or not do this or get the material right. So that's kind of what happened with the Cosmonaut in some ways. But, uh, so, yeah, there's just so many things that you just can't know, even if you try really hard and have a lot of experience. So that's why hardware is so difficult because it's just, you're working with other people's timelines that you can't control. So, you know.
0: And six weeks is an incredibly long time.
1: Yeah, and, well, here's here's the other thing, like, you know, right now, I know you sure it's been in the news, the like South Korean, like, you know, shipping company, like one of the largest ones in the world, been bankrupt. And so all these ships are trapped in the ocean. That could easily have been our mold, right? <laughs> or, or whatever, right? So it's yeah. just like, uh, wow. I think I saw like you know Max Timken from Cards Against Humanity saying like they have like tons of like games just like stuck on the ocean. You literally have no recourse. Yeah,
0: even Samsung have got like millions of
1: dollars yeah. of product tied yeah. up, and you have no recourse, right? If you're a, especially if you're a small company, so you're just it's just the world sucks. Like we we got in trouble for what was it like need ice kits or something, Dan? Where there was a, a port strike in L.A. where mm-hmm. our stuff was getting shipped into because we've done ships sometimes. And so things were delayed for like over a month because there was just like a strike. You know, it's like, it's that's the way it works when you're kind of working with like in within the gears of industry. Like you, you, you sometimes just get smushed by them because <laughs> you're so lit. Smushed
0: <laughs> by the gears <laughs> of industry.
1: We, we're not Apple and can't like buy a plane, or it's just like oh UPS, you're giving us problems. We're just gonna buy you. <laughs> you know, it's like we're not, <laughs> we're not there
2: <laughs> yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So another thing we've been doing is kind of evaluating our apps and how we can better, it's going to say take advantage, but that doesn't seem like the right phrase, <laughs> but, uh, you know, utilize the audience that we have on those apps to tell them about our, the physical products we sell. And so that's kind of what we're doing now, right? We have this app philosophy where our apps are free and then we have kind of marketing, for our products within the app. And you can actually buy our products directly in the app with Apple pay. Um, and so our app slow, fast, slow, which is kind of our controlling the speed of video, slow motion app. Um, I think we recently crossed the 1 million download threshold. Uh, so we have a, One yeah. billion downhold. Downhold. This <laughs> is part of the smorgage board. <laughs> we're professionals, um, folks. <laughs> so uh so that's a huge audience and we're being incredibly subtle with our marketing in the app as it is currently, and so we're kinda trying to brainstorm ways to turn up the dial a little bit, but without being overly obnoxious. Um so that's kind of our thinking right now and what we're working on.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been... I, yeah, we've just been kind of sitting on this, like, opportunity, it feels like, for Slow Fast Slow and just been, like, ignoring it. Like, I think it's... um It's in a couple kind of Apple, like, picks categories. I think it's, like, in the, like, video tools one. And so it just kind of, like, consistently gets, uh, you know, nearly a 1,000 downloads a day, basically. Wow. So we... Yeah, but, but, like, the only thing we're doing right now is, like, there's a Studio Neat logo, like, in the corner, uh, and if you push it, it, like, goes to where you can buy a glyph, and so we're kind of taking a stab at building out more of a full-featured store that we can use, like, across apps, um, and thinking about how we can kind of message people into that. We don't want to do, like, straight push notifications, um, but little will be a little more aggressive if people, like, open the app. Um So that's kind of an interesting thing. And we're hopeful that we can turn that into like a real, if not a huge source of revenue, at least like a funnel, like a way to just get people kind of signed up into like email lists or following us in some way so that we can just kind of increase our audience, like use that as the beginning of a funnel, basically. So we'll see what happens. And it feels exciting because if we can... If we can do it and and it can kind of like feel worthwhile, then I think it kind of frees us up to make um, some utility apps and things that we know maybe a lot of people would use, but that you you wouldn't be able to charge a lot of money for. So it 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 could really I think be mutually beneficial to like us and you know customers and stuff because we can make some cool like slow fast slow for instance you know it's free and doesn't have any ads or anything besides ours. And, but it's like really useful. It's like by far the best way to like, you know, change speed of a video. So we, we hope that that will like work out. Um, so that's kind of an exciting thing for us. We've been really wrestling with, do we make the store, you know, the store in the app, like a native, native store? Or do we, do we just use our, our website that's already kind of responsive and built for mobile? Um, now that Apple Pay works both in mobile Safari and natively. So we have some decisions to make there, but it, it feels exciting uh, at least in terms of uh, kind of starting down a new road and in and, and hopefully building a way for uh, our apps to feel more important basically so that we put more attention to them and we can make new ones.
0: So you also have in Slow Fast, Slow, you have like a kind of a welcome screen which promotes the glyph yep. as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're yes. thinking of maybe finding some way
2: to just put more messaging in there. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's like, what are all the opportunities where we can message about our products without being obnoxious Is um, kind of the, uh, the directive. So yeah, when you, when you first open the app and we're kind of telling you about the app and, and why it's free, that's a good opportunity. And then kind of on the home screen, we're thinking about having some kind of messaging bubble that can pop up uh, that like, is like pointing you to the store, so you kind of know it's there, and it, we can have messaging within it. And it's not; it won't; it wouldn't be modal, so you can like still continue to do what you're doing, but it's it's there. And then just like other, there's a lot of space on that that opening like home yeah. screen anyway. Yeah, yeah. So again, kind of be, doing it in a, a non obnoxious way, uh, and then you know just like. Uh, random ideas like maybe you know while they're waiting for a video to export or, or to reverse or something like there can be messaging there or after you know we we give them we pop up the modal thing that says you know their video is successfully exported to their photos library or whatever like there could be something there um so there's finding these opportunities in kind of a a way that doesn't inhibit their their flow or what they're trying to do but still you know turning up the dial so it's not as incredibly subtle as it is right now and a lot
1: of you know a lot of this stuff is like kind of a no duh um and but i think it's really been a symptom of us not recognizing how much opportunity there could be there uh not only for the apps we currently have but for future ones just like even if it's just about growing audience right um so yeah, I, I you know, we will we'll see where it goes, but I, it's kind of a fun, a fun kind of way to breathe some new life into the apps we like really like making. Um Like, I mean, we have so many app ideas, uh, but they're always, the, you know, the answer is always like, oh, well, like, you know, we can't make any money from that. So like, you know, what's it going to be? I mean, we, we could, the, the, the problem with doing something like, you know, overcast or like a, a ton of apps where. The, you know, you just introduce ads, right? Like we could just straight up introduce other people's ads into slow, fast, slow. Um, but uh, I, it, it feels like, to me at least, that we're not kind of consistently updating those apps, like all the time. And so it, for some reason to me, it feels like a little bit off to be putting apps, or to putting be putting ads in there. I mean, it's, it's stupid, but... For some reason, it feels that way. So it feels better, at least for us to uh, control the advertising like really, um, you know, specifically in the app and let it be for our stuff. And then we can use it for, you know, maybe in fun ways or interesting ways. Um, And yeah, hopefully that will kind of endear some people to, you know, what we're trying to do and with the physical stuff or just our brand in general. So I think it could really work out, um, but we'll see. So I, I'm really itching to make a camera app, but that's a dumb thing to do. But maybe in the future we can convince ourselves that it would be fun to make a camera app.
0: <laughs> I think it would make a lot of sense just for like the, the the brand, like the products that you have.
1: Yeah, 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 it would. But it's just like, you know, if you think about it right now, there's like so many camera apps. It's like the most, probably the most popular like app category. And there's huge players there. So like, you know, what are we really? It's a pretty big risk to put a lot of time and effort into like making a really nice app if that's just a camera app, especially when Apple's doing so much great work in their camera app. So, yeah, it's tricky. It's uh, it's tricky for sure. But um,
0: there are things now, though, like you know, at least right now of iOS ten that there are APIs for that Apple's app doesn't do, like RAW. Exactly,
1: exactly. And you know, we I am the reason I, we were so excited about um, the depth of field stuff simulated depth of field stuff that apple's doing with the two lin- with the two cameras on the um, seven Plus is i am just itching for them to open up um that depth data to developers hopefully at next wwdc because the, i mean there's just really cool stuff you could do with that and so you know there could easily be an app uh depending on what they do that's like a slow fast slow where um you know it's just a really nice utility app for you know doing like bokeh or you know whatever so there could be all kinds of really fun stuff there so i you know we're really bullish on where the where mobile photography is going and and how we can you know have apps that kind of you know kind of do some fun stuff in there we have a really cool app um that does this really cool thing we have a really good prototype of it that we maybe will release someday that's a fun like video repeater app thing so there's lots of really cool stuff to do but um we're just trying to find a way to make it a little bit more worthwhile because, you know, the way we do apps is we just put so much. There's no like minimum viable product about it. It's like we we put so much energy into polishing everything because that's what feels good to us that it, it really does sink a lot of time. And so it is a pretty big risk for us to, you know, kind of start a new app in a, in an earnest way.
0: Yeah, yeah. That is the issue that you guys kind of. And it works. It totally works for you to, to to build everything you do with a level of polish and care. But it, apps are a bit more difficult because the products, there are things you can do. You either make them and you're pretty sure you're going to make some money out of them or you put make Kickstarters for them and then make some money up front. The app stuff is very hard to do. You can't really do either of those things. Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. It and, and yeah, it's it's really tricky. I, you know, I know everyone wishes there was like a little bit more money in the App Store. Uh you know. Well, a, the
0: thing is though, you guys may, you know, maybe stumbling onto a, another business model. Right? Yeah.
1: I mean, it work I mean, the funny thing is, you know, it's working right now. Like we definitely get sales that come through the app. Um and so, you know, it it definitely is a, ch- a sales channel for us. It's just kind of d- not even doubling down, but just Putting a lot more energy into that, um, and so yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm hopeful that it could really work out.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm optimistic uh, for a couple reasons. One is just the the audience of slow by slow is so enormous that it seems like it should be within our reach to make a, a meaningful uh, impact there. Uh, like, you know, directing people to our store. But secondarily, we're kind of our last couple of products have been very kind of Apple focused when you look at the, you know, the remote stand and now these material docs. And we have another product coming out later this year that that is also kind of in the Apple world. So I think the store will fit really well for someone that has an iPhone. Like all these products make sense for people that are kind of fans of Apple products. So. I'm hopeful that uh, people will you know will show people the store in the app and they'll be interested in and purchase something and and that'll be a a good thing
1: the other thing that I've noticed which f- feels really good is uh, it seems that Apple really does appreciate that polishing that we do I mean we might have some seat like there might be someone in app review that like like their, the curation side that like loves us or something. But I mean, I think almost every app we've released has been featured in some way. Um, And so that is really nice to know that we kind of have a partner in like good taste and execution in, in, in Apple, right. Where they will, you know, so fast, slow, like the reason I'm sure that's recommended for like changing video editing stuff is just because it's a really well-designed simple app and all of that work we put into kind of fussing over the details and all these custom animations and all, and working on the timing, all that stuff pays off because Apple appreciates it too. So th- that is really nice, at least that, you know, we kind of share those values. Um, and so it doesn't feel like we're fighting against the current in that way. It feels like if we can do it right, like everyone wins. And so it, it almost feels like Kickstarter in that way where it's like a win, win, win. If, you know, if, if it kind of works out like highball to me super feels that way because it's a, you know, it's like a cocktail app for cocktail nerds. And, uh, if you see the highball icon and you get it, most likely it's because the design caught your eye. And so that means you're like a designy cocktail nerd, which like fits perfectly into the kind of person that we would want following us. So it, it just feels like everyone wins. Um, so yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can keep growing that and, and figure out ways to kind of make that work for everyone. Cause right now it like works for everyone, but us kind of, <laughs>
0: Thoroughly considered as a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. To find out more about this episode, go to relay.fm slash tc slash nineteen. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next time.